good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 227, The World at My Fingertips. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Brendan again as my guest on the show. How you doing, Brendan? I'm doing great, Alex. Thanks for having me back on. I really appreciate it. So he said having you back on and saying that he was a guest on my show. Brendan was actually a guest on episode 140 about public speaking. So Brendan knows how to use words better than I do in public. (laughs) (laughs) But today, today we're not going to be talking about the words Brendan necessarily says, but he will say it, but more about what he does with his hands. And that's cartography, which is pretty cool. And of course, I'm not going to be talking so much about it. Brendan's going to be the one sharing all his knowledge. But for the people who haven't listened to episode 140 yet, Brendan, Brendan, we have to ask that cliche question. You know, it's coming up. Who is Brendan? (laughs) Of course. Uh, So hello, my name is uh, Brendan. I am the host of the Talk Agony podcast. Uh, And my entire passion is like Alex mentioned, public speaking, but also um, education and agriculture. Um, I'm currently a college student getting ready to finish up my undergrad and go into my master's degree, um, working on a a degree in uh, agricultural education so I can teach the world about where their food comes from. Um, Like I mentioned, I host my own podcast, Talk Ag to Me, that's all about that same goal of connecting people to where their food comes from. And Alex has actually guested on my (laughs) show twice. Um, once to talk about, you know, in general, what, uh, what's going on in agriculture and just clear up some questions. And then again, for my all-star season, because, uh, despite us only being on our, uh, on each other's shows a couple of times, we've been pretty good friends for a couple of years now. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I've been involved in, in all of those endeavors for, for some time. And, uh, I bugged Alice to, to bring you back on talk about <laughs> one of my random hobbies as I usually do. You know what? I love having you on. You are such a wonderful person to chat with. And I remember on your agriculture podcast where one of the questions you were asking is, does chocolate milk come from chocolate cows? <laughs> and the yes. answer is no, no, it does not come from brown cows. It does not. <laughs> uh, it, unfortunately not. I wish it was that easy. That'd be, that'd be a game changer for sure. Maybe, maybe in the future <laughs> they will have cows that produce pink cows will be strawberry milk. Brown cows will be chocolate milk. Uh, green cows will be kale pistachio milk. milk. Pistachio, yeah. I was going to say kale. Kale oh, milk. That works too. I, I don't know if that's a thing, <laughs> but sure. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it off. will be. <laughs> After somebody <laughs> listens to this episode, they'll be like, ooh, you know what? Kale milk. Mm. <laughs> that is not nice Alex. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an enabler. <laughs> that's what I do. Uh, well, that's <laughs> so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but that's perfect that you have all those. And my follow-up question to that is, do you have any social media links that you'd love to share so people can come show you some support? Yeah, sure. Uh, so as I mentioned, my podcast is called Talk Ag to Me. Uh, all of my social media links are the same. So it's talk, you know, T-A-L-K, uh, ag, A-G, short for agriculture, uh, two, T-O, and then me, M-E. Um, you know, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, I've got YouTube as well as all the various po- uh, podcasting platforms that the show is available on. Um, I've got a Patreon. So if you're willing or if you're wanting to support the show, um, that is also available. Um, other than that, uh, I don't believe I have any special links to share. I'm just constantly, you know, sharing stuff around and getting new information out there. So uh, if you're curious or if you have any questions about agriculture, you can go to any of those and get a hold of me. I'd be happy to talk to you. And to make things easier, I will put that down below so people can go check that out and just, you know, show you all the love. Yeah, I appreciate that. And now talking about love, we're going to talk about one of your passions, which is cartography. Now, mm-hmm. before we get into how you got into it, mind giving a brief definition of what cartography is? 
Yeah, sure. So cartography is another way of saying map making. Uh, so it's basically the the art, the craft, the practice, the science, however you want to describe it, of creating maps or of you know drawing out landscape and and um, you know scenery on uh, paper. You can do it on different scales. You can do it of different things. Um, so there's different forms of cartography. There is realistic cartography, uh, where you actually recreate maps of already existing landmarks. You know, I, I know people who do cartography of their local communities. I actually came across a cartographer on TikTok who uh, does commissioned artwork of, you know, uh, uh, roadmaps for people that live in, you know, urban areas or metropolitan areas um, or even suburbs. Uh, there are people who do recreations of maps of continents, of countries, you know, there's different scales of it. And then there's a type of cartography that I do, uh, which is called bean mapping, um, which I'll get more into that later. But basically, it's, it's you know, you're creating fictional pieces of, of landmarks that you create all, the own, all of your own scenery and kind of lore for. And that can be scaled all the way to the country or continental level, or it can be all the way down to a single town with a couple ponds in it. Um, so the, the variation, the, the, the intensity, the detail of the map completely varies on the cartographer and what you're trying to do with it. And then whether or not you do um, actual landmarks or if you do a fictional piece that you're just creating for yourself or for a game, then that's, that's kind of what, what makes the difference between different levels of cartography. I am super curious about this. I, <laughs> I can like visualize the maps you've made, but I feel like they're so elegant and you have a whole story <laughs> behind it. And maybe, maybe I have a little place around there on that map. Is there a little house for me? No, <laughs> potentially, potentially, potentially. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> I, I've made a few and they all have different stories. So, so I might, I might be able to incorporate something like that for you. The one that's in the middle of nowhere that nobody wants to approach. That's, that's my <laughs> house. Put you on your own little <laughs> Island just by yourself. <laughs> own little Highland, like at the top of a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So this all had a beginning because when we first well, first talked, when we had you on the show two years ago, a year ago, you didn't have this hobby. So how did you get introduced to cartography? Yeah. So um, I <laughs> I recently came across a a TED talk uh, talking about something called a, a multi-potential light, which I'm not sure, Alex, are you familiar with that term? Multi-potential light as in uh, I have light rating from me from multiple Ways, yeah. yeah, 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 for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not exactly. Uh, so I can't remember what what the name of the gal who who spoke about it is, but uh, there's a TED talk out there that talks about multi potential lights, um, which are essentially people who have multiple passions or who in, indulge in a lot of different hobbies. Um, kind of sounds like the the embodiment of your show, um, <laughs> but uh, basically. I, after watching this video, began to realize that I am one of these. Um, I, I'm a person who many refer to as a jack of all trades and definitely a master of none. But I am naturally curious about a lot of different things. I get involved in hobbies that I have no, you know, no skill or no coordination or no, or no background in. And I might never get good at it, but I just like the idea of it. Like I play guitar. I've been playing guitar for three or four years and I'm terrible at it, but I love, I love playing it. Um, it's just one of those things that I, I can find interest in almost anything and it's almost impossible for me to get bored just because I, I think that everything is kind of cool. Um, so that being said, uh, that's kind of a, a precursor to how I get into all my hobbies. Cartography in particular, I got really excited about because I've always been a huge uh, lover of maps. Like since I was little, I thought maps were really interesting. I thought the way that they were designed is really interesting. And I play a lot of games, you know, a lot of RPGs or role playing games that focus around having maps as your guiding force for what you do in the game, uh, whether it be Skyrim and you're following the map throughout um, throughout Tamriel, uh, whether it be the maps that you use in uh, sea of thieves a pirate based game that have riddles on the back so not only can you find the island but you can use the riddle to find the treasure on the island a lot of different 
you know, stuff going on with that. But I just, I've always loved maps. I've always thought they were really interesting. And I came across a video one day of people making maps for their D&D games, which I've only ever played one D&D game. I'm uh, currently waiting on my on my team to start up another one. So that's something that's in the works. Maybe I'll make maps for that game. We'll see. But um, I, I was watching this and I was really fascinated with how they go into the map creation and the creativity that goes into coming up with these fantastical worlds. Uh, it's kind of the same process of creating the maps for like the Lord of the Rings series or for, again, Skyrim or for... Harry Potter, you know, all these different series have a lot of thought that goes into the world building. And as somebody who really likes creative writing, the world building is something that I really enjoy. So I thought, well, what, what would be a better way to illustrate world building than physically drawing the world that I'm building? Um, and so I learned about map making. I learned about how to how to design maps. I learned about different tricks for creating legends and for drawing, you know, maps to scale versus, you know, drawing zoomed in versions. I did a bunch of research in this stuff, watched a bunch of videos, and then one day just picked up a, a piece of paper and a pencil and just tried it out. Again, I mentioned that I do bean mapping. Uh, so what that is, is basically you have a cup full of beans or uh, I use rocks because um, I don't have any beans on me, um, but they're small, you know, round objects typically, and you just pour them on the, on the paper and then you trace around however they fell and whatever the shape that comes out of that tracing, that's your landmass. That's what you work with. Um, and so I just did that and I started working on it and just kind of started playing with it. I drew some mountains. I drew a little kingdom. I drew some ponds and some lakes. I drew uh, mines and all this different stuff. And the more I drew, I just started coming up with these stories for these worlds and just got really, really into the idea of, you know, this is how fantasy stories are written. And it was so cool that I just kind of stuck with it. Um, and now I just kind of use it as a, as a pastime whenever I'm stressed out or if I have a break from projects, um, I'll just pull out my, I have a little journal that has, um, kind of like old crinkly paper in it and I'll just write, uh, draw maps on, on those pages. Um, you know, they might be story based. They might just be for, for fun. They might be from different things. It might just be a random thing. I decided to see if it would, if it would look cool. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's in a nutshell, the basics of why I got into cartography. You know what? I actually saw some videos on uh, TikTok where people do the whole beam for cartography, which is pretty cool. And just the randomness and you're doing it for your D and D, which I can also imagine you just fully get into it as in when you're creating you're like okay how am i going to do this and you just improvise has it ever or not ever has it ever did you ever or consider doing more like i don't know like like let's say you do like for full scale where like you, people can walk into like the tavern and hill and stuff like that but what let's say more of a, a 3d model sense so like there's hills and stuff like that but from a higher point of view and you have let's say you know those pins you put on a map to just indicate where you've been so you use that as in where your journey going so when your dm is saying okay you're in the open field now which way you want to go and it's just like a giant field but you just take out this giant map you've made mm. <laughs> yeah um potentially that's something that i i haven't really considered a whole lot of yet but i think that does create for an interesting narrative um, like I said, I haven't, I haven't made any D and D maps for the campaigns that I've done, but it's something I would like to do. Um, so that might be something I pass by my, 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 uh, my campaign team and just say like, Hey, what do you guys think of if I do a map that has these points in it? Or, you know, cause I, I haven't DM'd yet, but if I were to DM, then maybe I would just do that as a, as a fun surprise for them. Uh, but yeah, I definitely like that idea. I might have to, I might have to steal that one from you. And I, this might be a very older, well, very older. It's an older video, but I've never, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's kind of like a sandbox and people can move mm. the sand. And as it's moving yeah. the sand, there's a projector from above that will calculate the depth or the height of the sand and create a landscape. Have you ever seen that? 
I, I've seen similar videos. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I've seen the exact one you're talking about, but I, I have seen that concept. I could just feel like you just would mess around with that. It kind of also reminds me of, I think it was Far Cry 2, the whole like world building aspect of it, which is pretty fun, which actually leads me to ask, because you said you got a lot of inspiration from video game maps. Was there one video game that just blew your mind in terms of how the map was created, whether how detailed it was or the cool tricks they added to it or anything at all? Yeah. So I, um, like I mentioned, I'm a big fantasy RPG fan. Um, and I've invested a lot of hours into the Elder Scrolls series. So Skyrim, um, excuse me, um, Skyrim, Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, I haven't played the older games as much, but I've watched gameplay of them. And when I first got my first copy of Skyrim, uh, probably 10 years ago now, I, it, it came with a map of the of the game of Tamriel of Skyrim inside of it. And I unfolded the map and looked at it and I would just spend hours, you know, just looking over this map and it didn't have the, the most detail on it, but it was just very like I had never seen a map so just well done before that was of a fantasy world. Um, that was kind of when I was early into, you know, enjoying it, it, the process of maps. Um, yeah, I started looking over it and as I played through the game, I would see things in the game that I was like, oh yeah, I saw that on the map. And obviously the in-game map is the same, but just being able to hold a paper map in your fingers and just be able to see everything translate into what you're experiencing in real life or in the video game just made such a difference. So uh, definitely the the map from Skyrim was, was a big one. Uh, same goes for the map for Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, it's just a much, much more zoomed out version because you're going over the whole world, not just the one country of Skyrim. Um, so those are kind of the big ones. Other than that, again, the the maps from Sea of Thieves uh, were really fun to to play with. I made one pirate map and I wrote a little riddle on the back for it. Uh, so that was really fun. Um, that was mostly just because my girlfriend and I have played a lot of Sea of Thieves. It's one of our favorite games to play together. And she was like, why don't you create a pirate map that's like a Sea of Thieves riddle? And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So I, I you know, tried it out and I sketched it out. I really like how it came out. Um, I think I could have done a better job, but it was definitely like, it was cool being able to recreate something that I've, I've invested hours into playing through and just to kind of see, you know, I wonder if this is what the mindset of the people who originally made these maps were, were thinking through. Right. Um, so it's just, you know, it, it, there's no like one direct inspiration for a lot of it, but, uh, you know, a lot of it comes from that, again, that Elder Scrolls series, the Sea of Thieves, um, and a lot of the more fantasy-based uh, series that I've enjoyed. And of course, the Minecraft map, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, Minecraft, is, which I am terrible at maps in, in Minecraft. Um, actually, shortly after starting this hobby, I uh, went into the world that I play on a lot and opened, a, I, I created a whole new room in my house just for cartography. And like, mm. I tricked a cartographer villager to go in there. And I like set up this whole like map, um, like map making uh, table I was going to use. And I was going to do this whole thing. And I still haven't messed with it just because maps are frustrating in Minecraft. Um, but yes, that is another option. And it also leads me to wonder as well. Uh, I don't know if this is actually something that exists or not, but would you be interested, for example, if let's say you drew up a map and you drew it exactly how you wanted and you were able to scan it and make a digital version transfer to your computer. And then from there, you can add like scales you can add like taverns so and then you can just like put your whole collection together and have a 3d visual of it that's a cool idea yeah i'm, I'm not sure if anything like that exists yet um, i'm sure that there's something out there because there's something for everything um but that that is a really cool idea and i i think that if i were to start using my maps for more interactive things like D, &D games or, or if i were selling them or doing anything like that then i would definitely be up for that 
Um, but again, like I mentioned, I, I really enjoy the feel of the paper. I really enjoy looking at it on the paper. So for the sake of having my maps with me on the go, it would be really cool to be able to upload them. But uh, just for my general enjoyment of them, I really like having that, um, you know, that, that paper feel in my hands. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I would jump for that uh, just yet or not. What we'll does he? And speaking about the paper feeling, just having it in your hands, do you prefer to use a pen being, you know what, I just need one shot to do this or you like to use a pencil just to make sure you get it perfectly? Yeah. So I, um, when I initially trace it, I start off with the pencil um, and then I go over it with a very specific type of pen and the name of it is escaping me at the moment, but it's got a really fine point at the end. Um, what's it called? Pointy uh, pen. To, <laughs> yes. Um, it's it's like a it's oh it's gonna fountain be not might, a fountain pen no it's not a fountain pen it's um it is a it is going to drive me crazy um, <laughs> for the rest of the episode yes oh, man okay I'll have to find it later and, and get back to you on that one but um there very there's these uh, specific drawing pens I like using that uh, my, my mom collects pens because she's a big arts you know arts and crafts person um and so she just has like hundreds upon hundreds of different types of pens and different styles and all these different things. And uh, so I told her I wanted to do map making and she just handed me two, two of those pens and was just like, all right, go have fun. <laughs> so uh, I took them with me and I, I, you know, trace it out in pencil. So what I do is I'll trace it out and then I'll use a, a thinner pen that's a little bit, you know, a little bit lighter and I'll, I'll go over the pencil with that pen. And then if I'm satisfied with it, then I'll go over it again in, in a darker kind of thicker tipped pen uh, just to kind of solidify that. Um, and then I'll use a thinner pen for the detailed stuff. But typically everything I do on the map, I do in pencil first, make sure I like it. And then I trace through it again in, in kind of a lighter pen and then a darker pen, um, depending on what it is. So just I'm, I'm notorious for messing up with art, you know, art based stuff. I'm not the most artistic person. Uh, so I, I really, really like to take extra precautions to do it all, mm -hmm. you know, to a point where I can fix it before I make it permanent. And in the process of making it permanent, do you also add color? You know, I've thought about it. Um, I've only made four maps up to this point, and I might start doing some color maps just to see how I like it. I haven't yet. Um, everything I've done so far has just been black and white. Um, I think color would be really cool, but I also like the more traditional look of the black and white because that's very, you know, that's uh, very like a classic of what older maps look like. Cause there, there wasn't a ton of color in a lot of those maps. Um, and I like that kind of old feel, which is why um, I use kind of more of like a parchment paper uh, texture uh, for, for the paper that I draw on. So I, I might try color one day. We'll see. But I haven't haven't gotten there yet. And every time you do create a new map, do you always do the bean method or sometimes you just like to improvise through your imagination? Well, I guess if the bean is also your imagination, but I also mean <laughs> without the beans. Yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't tried a freehand map. I, I do use other things. Um, you know, like I, like I mentioned, I use, I use my rocks for the most part, but every now and then I will, um, I kind of like throw the rocks down just to get an inspiration for a shape. And then I might modify the shape as I go, um, you know, for whatever fits. So like, instead of going exactly how it goes, you know, I might like take one rock out and make that like a, um, like a gulf, or I might, you know, take a couple rocks out and draw a river in between. So now it's two islands instead of one big landmass. Um, so I, I do little creative things like that, but I haven't tried like specifically freehanding it or any other methods of, of map drawing yet. I, I've thought about doing one of the, um, like one of the more zoomed in like roadmap 
styles that people do for like cities and stuff just to see if I could do it. And if I do that, then I obviously wouldn't do the bean map method. I might have to probably use a ruler or something. But um, yeah, at the moment, all I've done so far has been, has been beans. Dude, I just came up with an idea. It might be a really bad idea, but it's my random creativity cut kicking in. So you just throw Lay all the me. beans and you determine like, okay, this is going to be a mountain, a river, a town. What mm -hmm. if just for fun, you had a hand, like let's say you have a coin, a flat rock, uh, a wooden, I don't know, like a button or something to represent wood or something like that. And not a marble, but like one of those flat glass things that is blue. And you put that all mm -hmm. in your hands and you throw it. And the blue one will determine where the river is or a lake is. The rock will determine where there's like mountain. The wooden piece mm -hmm. would be where a forest is. And the metal would be kind of like a city being stuff like that. Huh. I like that idea. Actually, I might need to write that down. I might use that <laughs> on a map someday. I like that. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And, and there are certain, you know, there are certain techniques to doing things like that, like how you determine where things are going to go, um, that I've seen people try. I haven't seen that specific method though. I like that. Cause that gives you like a specification of this is going to go here and this is going to go here and all that. Um, yeah, that, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. You can have two towns beside each other and then you can have a river or a lake separating them or yeah. No, no, I don't yeah. know. I'm just, that's my random <laughs> creative side just kicking in. And now you make me want to do it. I'm looking at everything on my table. I'm like, what could I throw on a piece of paper to make a town? <laughs> you know, that's one of the toughest things is figuring out what materials you want to use if you don't have beans or if you don't have like, mm. like I had to go find small enough rocks that aren't going to like destroy my paper. Um, and then I had to find like small enough items that I, that I could use to draw certain things or trace things out. And that took me like a solid hour to try to find what materials to use to actually make the map. After that, that's the easy part. But no, I think you should try it. I'll, I'm, and maybe I'll try your method and make <laughs> a map. And that's the map you can have your, your little settlement on. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll just create a whole, like I'll color it. We'll just do a whole new map just based off of this, this episode. And if, if you can't find a little piece of glass that's like the size of like a marble but flat, you could use different coins like pennies, nickels, dimes, and each one of them yeah. represents something different. Yeah, I, I think I have a, Mon a Moncala game somewhere, so I could probably steal one of those marbles. That'd probably work. There you go. Okay, and now I really want to see this map in action. <laughs> but no pressure, <laughs> no pressure. Uh, I'll, I'll put it on my to-do list. And do you actually still own the first map you've ever created? Yeah, so um, like, like we kind of mentioned, I got into this hobby relatively recently uh like when when did i reach out to you about this this was like a month ago maybe yeah a few weeks ago um so whenever i whenever i first reached out to you that was just a couple of days after i had created my first map mm. um so i was very very new into this hobby when, when i reached out to you about it um so i still have all the maps i've created uh, my girlfriend and i actually did a little challenge because she wanted to try it out uh we both had um we both had maps that we were kind of making, but every five minutes we would switch papers and we would edit each other's maps. Mm. So um, actually, yeah, looking back at it. So my, my first map, I finished it a little over a month ago, about a month and a week or so. So I've only been doing this for a little while. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've created uh, my first map was just kind of a general, you know, just an island that had some forests on it. Um, it had a couple, you know, a couple mountains, some villages, that sort of thing, a little fishing settlement and some ships out in the ocean. Um, I created the pirate map, like I mentioned, and then I created a little map that's just a, um, I call it Bosmer's Paradise, which Bosmer is a, another name for a wood elf, another Skyrim reference. And it's like all forests. Like most of the thing is just forests and there's a couple rivers for hunting fish and that sort of thing. But, um, it's very, very like forest centric, 
uh, just because I was looking for inspiration and, and I was like, what if I do a, an all wood elf inspired map? Um, cause I love wood elves. That's my favorite, you know, my favorite mythical race, but, um, anyways, uh, no, so I, I still have all my maps. I have the two maps that we did for our, our little challenge thing that we still haven't finished. I plan on keeping all my maps one day. I might even create like a little, like, um, like journal or binder that has just all my, all my map projects in it. Cause I think that'd be really cool to look back on how far I've come from my first map to, to, you know, maybe a few years from now. That'd be so really we'll cool. See. Yeah. And what's your thought process when it comes to creating a name for the map, giving the the map a title? You know, I, I'm really weird when it comes to naming things. <laughs> um, I have two main methods. Either I make the most obscure possible reference I can to something that nobody would ever get. Um, but I know it. So it's like a funny inside joke for myself. Um, or I just create the first thing that comes to mind that remotely sounds thematic to what I'm, to what I'm doing. Um, so that first map that I mentioned that I made, it was entirely just based off of everything that I knew about how fantasy maps should look. I just kind of threw everything against the wall just to see what would stick. And I think at the end of it, I, I kind of like just made a bunch of stuff and started naming things. I didn't have a single idea as to why I named anything. There was no rhyme or reason, no themes, but I named the land, um, the land of Isteron. Uh, and I had like, you know, the settlements of black, uh, black falls and all this kind of stuff. And like all these different, you know, names for things that just made no sense. They just sounded kind of cool when they were like, you know, if, if this was a fantasy genre based story, these would definitely be names that I could see them being used. Um, but in other cases, you know, I haven't done this with a map yet, but for a story that I'm writing, um, so we haven't talked about this, but I, I have been writing a book for the past few years. Um, what? Yeah. <gasps> we'll, have to, we'll have to, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but, uh, in, in that story, every character's name is a reference to some form of mythology and they're all different mythologies and they all cross over somehow. So like, I've got like one character that's named after Greek mythology and Egyptian mythology, and he's got a little bit of like biblical references in his name. So like everybody has like some kind of reference to something. They're so obscure that you'll never understand it unless you like know what you're looking for. Um, but that's the point of it. I don't want people to pick up on it unless like they're like deep diving into it. Um, so I'm kind of I'm I'm very untraditional with my naming scheme. It's either there's there's no theme to it, or it's so heavily themed that nobody understands it. Just got to get into your mind. That's it. Yep, exactly. And another random thought popped in my head because you got me super curious now. Has it ever popped in your head where you would kind of like make an actual globe filled with your, like one of your maps? So let's say you get one of those globes, you know, from school who you spin around, but mm -hmm. you would actually draw paper and then like kind of like glue it on and make your own little world. Huh. That's a cool idea. I hadn't really thought about that, but now, now that you say that, I, I kind of want a globe of my own, of my own worlds and, 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 and lands and stuff on my desk. So I, I might have to look into what that would, what that would take. Dude, you um, can start your whole I, own little solar system. <laughs> that would be cool. I would hundred percent be up for that. Um, I'd be curious to see if there's any like customizable globe companies out there. Dude, I am sure. Yo, that'd be, that'd be actually, I'm sure there is. That'd be pretty cool. You know <laughs> what? That's exactly so. what I'm like, going to Google right after, right after this. Okay. Like imagine you're just, you know, you, like you have a, a globe on your desk and somebody comes and visits. Oh, you have a globe. You, these don't look like the continents. No, I made those. Those are, those are custom made continents. Like how many people can say they have their own world that they made on their desk? <laughs> that'd be pretty cool, actually. So like apparently it. it is. You can buy them. Oh, okay. I'm. I might have to look into that then. All right. All right. I, I just just to be fair, I do want a spot in the north, like at the top, tip top. 
Okay. Yeah. Just, just okay, exclude I, me there. <laughs> I'll, I'll fit you in there. I'm going to be on so many of your maps. <laughs> you're like, God, damn it, Alex. <laughs> I'm yeah, just going to incorporate you into every map. Yeah. You're going to be in like, the pits of this endless, like bottomless ocean. That's where you're going to be living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to casually like slip you, you know, slip you into some, some random fishing village over here and then some random island over here. Like everything's going to be a, a random reference to you somewhere. Yeah. Some random fishing village with no fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you get to and, fish in a desert. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> exactly. And, and now for you, what would you say is the best part about cartography? I mean, really, it, for for me, it's very relaxing. Um, I'm I'm a person who overthinks a lot of things and gets easily stressed out by a lot going on. And as you know, I like to put a lot on my plate at once. So I may have 10 projects that I'm working on that week, and I have only enough time for five of them, and I'm going to make all 10 work somehow. Um, so I like having, I, I like having my hobbies be things that don't require a ton of my time. Podcasting kind of started out that way and then it's transformed into something a little more than just a hobby. Um, you know, it's almost more of like, um, like a, you know, like a passion project. Um, but a lot of my hobbies, you know, playing guitar, um, you know, map making, playing video games, um, you know, writing, all those things are things that I like to do to not have to worry about all the other pressures in life. So what I really like about it is, is for one, it's just very relaxing. You know, it's very soothing. I just throw on some music, um, you know, whether it be, uh, like just general working music or lo-fi or maybe it's like some fantasy, you know, background music or just like forest sounds. I'll just throw on something random, um, to get me in the mood for it. And I'll just sketch and like completely block out the world for an hour or however long it is I'm, I'm working on it. Um, and also too, I really like the creative freedom it gives me, uh, like I mentioned, I'm not a super artistically inclined person. I wish I was, I love drawing and I love artistic expression. I just am not very good at it. Um, and so I, I really like it because, because it's bean mapping, you know, because it's entirely based off of you tracing and then you just kind of adding your own elements into it. It doesn't require a ton of artistic skill, so I can still do it and be proud of how it looks at the end and not feel like I just wasted my time. Um, but it also just provides a, you know, a great appreciation and a great culmination of a lot of the things that I really find interesting. You know, like, like I mentioned, I, I've loved maps since I was little, but just geography in general is really cool to me. Um, the the incorporation of kind of that fantasy element, but more into a visual form, because I can write fantasy stories all day. I love writing. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, that's something that I would almost consider a hobby, but I almost just do it more as just a way of just getting everything off my mind. Um, I write like constantly. Um, so I could write fantasy stories, but I really love the visuals that go on in my head as I'm writing. And this is kind of a way for me to somewhat enact those visuals into a physical form for other people to see. Uh, so it does that for me as well. Um, overall, it's just it's a nice release. You know, like I finish a map and I'm not like stressed out or tired at the end of it. I look at my map and I go, well, that was nice. Now I can go back to work and not feel as stressed out. Yeah, it's your escape from reality. And you're talking about sometimes you just go for it for an hour. How long does it usually take you to complete a map? Mm, that See, that really varies. My first map took me, I think, two or three hours. And part of that was because I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I just kind of threw the rocks on there and started sketching. And then I just like started going at it and adding every detail I could and like changing things, erasing things, putting new things in. It took me a really long time. Um, now I can do maps in anywhere from an hour. I've done a map in 30 minutes before, but I don't like doing maps that slowly. I really like taking my time with them um, and really planning them out as I go. But, um, you know, it, it it really depends on 
what I want to do, what scale I want to do it to. Um, cause I've drawn out outlines for maps and then I've just been like, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to finish this right now. Cause this is going to take me too long. I don't have time for it. So I have like three or four outlines for maps that, uh, excuse me, they're still waiting for me to work on them. And I just, you know, I, I know it's going to take me probably an hour to do, whereas I have some maps that I could, you know, throw together and, and probably get done in 30 minutes. And it may not be the most impressive map, but it's cool. And it's a, it's a nice little way just to get it out real quick. Um, Honestly, if you're really just doing it just just for the fun of it, you could probably sketch up a map in 10, 10 15 minutes. Um, I remember right after I finished my first map, uh, my girlfriend and I went on a date in uh, to Chili's, and uh, we were bored. We were waiting for our food, so I grabbed a napkin and I threw like a like a like a sugar packet on the mat on the napkin, and I just traced around the sugar and created a little map real quick on the on the napkin and just kind of customized it. it took me like 10, 15 minutes. It looked terrible, but it was fun, and we kind of laughed about it. and We were joking about what we should put on it and everything, and we left it as as part of the tip for the for the waiters. Oh, it's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. It, it varies, you know, it depends on how intense you want to go with it and how big your paper is, obviously. Man, I, I feel like you get inspiration from everywhere. Like you're walking outside oh, yeah. like, oh, actually going to a beach, just do it with, uh, I was going to say, well, I don't know why I was going to say, you know, you go to a beach and you throw some turtles on and then you do some beam <laughs> tracing with turtle shells. I'm like, no, don't throw turtles. <laughs> <laughs> when you're done, you just chuck the turtle behind you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But yeah, I can see you doing that like on the beach or just literally anywhere yeah no absolutely and i'm like i mentioned my my curiosity is often the death of me but it it does help a lot with stuff like this um you know i i'm a naturally curious person but by proxy because of that i also overthink a lot so one of the ways i've been really working on trying to turn my overthinking into an advantage instead of a, a you know a crutch or not a crutch but a, um, a hindrance is if I can utilize my overthinking for inspiration reasons instead of for nervousness and anxiety reasons, it tends to benefit me really well. Um, and so that, like you just mentioned, I can find inspiration in almost anything because if I, as I'm overthinking things, I'll analyze my environment a little too deeply and then I'll say, oh, I could turn that into a map thing or I could turn that into a, a you know, a, a paper I'm writing or I could turn that into a speech or, you know, like I, I can use my environment to my advantage really effectively because I'm super over observant. I'm super overthinking and I'm naturally curious. And like I said, if I don't use it for positive, then it will tear me apart. So I kind of have to train myself to, to use those things and put them somewhere before they just haunt me at night. Yeah, no, you know what? This is why we're friends. Cause I'm the exact same. The fact <laughs> that we just are super curious about everything. We're picking up skills that we're not necessarily good at, but we like to give it a try. Like I'm mm. trying out illustration and graphic design because Ooh. I'm making a board game as Brendan tested. Yes. Am I good? I don't know, but I'm having fun doing it. And that's, what's important as, as long yeah, as you're having a good sure. time. Yeah, for sure. You know, if you're, if you're trying out illustration and graphic design, you might have to try making a map. Dude, you're challenging me. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I I am going to do that whole thing we're talking about with so coins and yeah, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a map and not your, I'm going to make a big house for you. You're going to have the biggest house on the map. All right, do it. I'll, <laughs> I'll make, I'll make a map with, with you on it as well. And we'll compare them. <laughs> map comparison. So yeah, well, my yes. map's bigger than your map. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> map is, uh, nope, I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> so for you, what is your next big Cartogra uh, cartography project. Mm, so one of the things that I've been wanting to do, uh, so I mentioned I did the fantasy maps and I mentioned I had those outlines that I haven't done yet. Um, I would like to play with those outlines and do something with them. Um, one of the outlines that I've made though is 
going to be an inverse bean map, which is kind of the opposite of what, you know, you would think a bean map would be. So typically when you throw out your beans on the, on the table or on the, um, on the paper, you sketch around it and that becomes your land and everything else becomes water, right? Mm-hmm. On an inverse bean map, whatever you throw the beans out on, that becomes your water. Everything else is land. So it basically is a more scaled down version to a piece of land that has a big lake in the middle of it or might have a few smaller lakes if you just use a few beans. Um, with my rocks, it makes it easy because the rocks kind of serve as their own little smaller ponds. Um, so I want to do an inverse bean map. And I want to do a more of like a Western style town uh, because I've done a lot of fantasy stuff. I've done the pirate thing and I really want to get into Western because I, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm a cowboy. I like the Western stuff. Um, so I really want to try designing a Western town with a big, you know, pond right in the middle of it and kind of see what I can come up with for something like that. It's going to be a bit more challenging because it won't be as kind of free flowing as, as the, the fantasy maps tend to be. It's a little bit more structured. So I'm going to try to challenge myself and see if I can get that to look how I want it to. But yeah, that's, that's my next big project I have in mind. No lie. When you said inverse, uh, beam tracing, I just pictured you like taping the piece of paper onto the ceiling and you had these beams <laughs> like that was like covered in paint or something or, like something very light and you just chuck the beams like up to the ceiling and wherever the beams touch, it just makes a little mark and then you trace it from there. That's, <laughs> it. <laughs> That's not what you meant at all. <laughs> you know, that is not what I had in mind, but that, I like your idea too. I might have to try that someday. I, I am giving you so many bad ideas today. Like, yeah, yeah. Throw <laughs> some beans up onto the ceiling. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. I, you know, that is art right there. That's, that's freedom of expression. <laughs> what does that remind me of that mean? What are you doing? It's an art project. Okay. I like it. Picasso. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you're trying to do a Western map style. I'm guessing you've played the game Red Dead Redemption. Uh-huh. Have you taken inspiration from that in terms of like, oh, what you would want to include in the map? So I, it, it's been a, it's been probably a year since I played Red Dead, but I uh, also, I forgot to mention that earlier, but that is another one of the maps that I just kind of, you know, loved and, and and you know really like uh, glossed over while i was playing the game um like my friends and i would play and we would we would do the stupid stuff you know we're dragging each other you know by rope and we're throwing each other on on the trains and everything but i really really enjoyed the landscape of the map i love how it was designed and when i started working on the idea of the western map uh red dead is actually one of the one of the inspirations that immediately came to mind um there's a little city that's kind of one of the central hubs in the game and um it's it's kind of where like you my friends and I would always go whenever we were uh, going for, you know, uh, a mission or if we're just kind of hanging, you know, hanging around and just chasing each other down. And I can't remember what it's called. It, it, it's got it's got black in its name, but I can't remember what it's called. Um, but anyways, it's a really cool little Western town. And I, I was kind of thinking of using that as inspiration. I'm definitely going to look at it and see if there's anything I can use for it. Um, I want to say it's called Black Creek or something like that. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to play the game again and check, but uh, yeah, so that that is definitely something that I will be pulling from for um, for inspiration going going forward with this. And how big are you planning to make it if you have a size in mind? Uh, so the the actual paper is not super big. I the journal is just a little like hand journal. It's not like a full size uh, journal. Um, it's really cool. It's actually got maps on the cover of it. It's got a cool little locking mm. feature. But um, anyways, I. Uh, I'm not going to make it too big just because I want it scaled down uh, pretty closely onto onto the town itself. Uh, so I'm probably just going to do it with, you know, like the few buildings, the water in the middle. I mean, like maybe a little bit of a surrounding area, but like it's it basically would be the same thing as like if you were to take 
you know, just like a picture on like, you know, your Google Maps or your Apple Maps of a, you know, like a, like a small town that, you, you know, something around the size of, of what a Western town would look like. If you were just to take a picture of the town borders, like, you know, that entire area right there, um, that would be about the scale that I'd be going for. So, you, you know, you could see everything, but it's not super detailed, but it's also not super zoomed out. It's kind of just like a like a nice screenshot of the of the town. And in terms of skills, what would you say is your strongest quality when it comes to cartography? And what is one skill that you would like to improve? Um, I definitely, well, I would say that my strongest quality is definitely my, uh, my creativity, uh, in, in terms of ideas. Um, as you know, I'm an idea guy. I, I like throwing things out there all the time for people to try out or for myself to try out. Um, and so I, I really like the ideas that I come up with for maps. Uh, the, the, the challenge is, and this is why I hardly ever do artistic projects, because I I have these super vibrant, you know, ideas for art projects, and I just cannot make it materialize on the paper. Um, like, I'll, I'll have this, you know, awesome drawing of, you know, let's just say a dragon or something in my head, I go to draw it, and it looks like a dog, you know. Um, so that that translation of, of image to, you know, to penmanship just doesn't doesn't quite encourage me artistically to work on that kind of stuff. Uh, so I definitely have the strength in terms of ideas and, and imagery in my head for that kind of thing. Uh, in terms of skill with the actual map drawing process, um, I, I would say that I'm fairly good at the um, kind of like planning out where things should go, you know, and kind of like drawing out the, you know, like the civilizations and, and kind of, you know, I, I think geographically what would work best for certain types of civilizations, like anything that's next to water typically would have a stronger agricultural emphasis. Um, I draw like little piers and put those as fishing areas. Um, you know, excuse me, anything that's kind of like more uh, midland is kind of more mountainous. Um, so I try to, I think that I have a pretty good idea of what, you know, if a civilization were placed in this area, what kind of commodity would they specialize in? What kind of jobs would they have? What kind of things would they be involved in? And I try to make that incorporated to the rest of the landscape around them. Um, and then in terms of weaknesses, things that I'd like to be better about, again, my artistic ability is not great. So I would love to get better about making my things look like the way that I want them to look like. Um, and more so just the, you know, the, the, the detail of being able to draw things, um, you know, to, to make them look more, you know, a lot of what I draw looks very gen general, like my mountains are just little spikes. You know, I like to draw things to make them look very, you know, like detail oriented and not just so people know what they look like, but just so they have a bit more kind of like flashiness to them, you know, to make the map look a little bit more like what you, something you might see in like a fantasy movie, for example. And actually speaking, you were talking about being pointy. Do you like to draw maps from like the above view or slightly on an angle? So you kind of see, I don't know, more of like, oh, the mountain, you kind of see the shape of the mountain or a building or a town or something like that. You kind of see a little bit of the buildings around the town. Mm, good question. Yeah. Um, I, I try to do it from an angle to make it, you know, to give it some dimension so you can kind of see what you're looking at. Um, it's not, it doesn't always come out the best. Uh, so it, it typically takes a bit more of like a bird's eye view, um, perspective, even though I'm trying to go for more of a 3d, not maybe not 3d, but just some kind of like more, you know, more of a tilt to the camera kind of situation. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's something that I, I would like to improve on is kind of making that effect a little bit more useful but yeah I, I definitely try to get that when i can well you know what you have you just started and you're pretty good at it guy i would imagine right you're pretty good really be confident don't be, <laughs> mo be mo don't be modest you're really good okay I, you no, know no no, no. I'm screw it. no no i'm not gonna ask that question <laughs> you are really good there i'm saying it for you there 
Thank boost you. your confidence. Thank you. Uh, Letting that ego grow. <laughs> I do like the things I've made so far. So we'll, there you go. We'll, That's we'll good. Go with that. Now, yeah. after I just boosted your ego, I'm going to go to a darker side of every hobby. What are some misconceptions about people who do cartography? You know, because I'm so new to it, I haven't been exposed to the community enough to see a ton. Uh, but if I had to guess, just based off of my kind of my my initial impression of the of the craft, it seems to me that a lot of people think that, well, for, first of all, that cartography is boring just because it's just, you know, you're just making maps. Um, but it's not, it, it, I don't think it's so much that people think it's boring that is the reason people don't do it. Um, I think a lot of people think that cartography is either specifically associated with making maps of real world locations and so they don't see the point of it, or they think that cartography is specifically, you know, just done by people who make maps for like D D. And either they're like, you know, I don't want to get into that nerdy stuff. I don't want to make maps for D D. Or they think, well, I don't really play D D or I do, but I'm not very good at that part of it. So I don't really want to make maps just for D D games. Um, I don't know a ton of people that do maps just for fun. And I think that that's something that if people were to try it out and realize how relaxing it could be, uh, they might they might change some of those opinions about it. Did you try to convince anybody else to try to draw maps with you? Kind of like teaching, like somebody's like, ooh, that sounds kind of cool. Like a family member, because you said your girlfriend, you two try to do it with each other sometimes. And do you have, actually, instead of other family, you and your girlfriend, do you have similar cartography styles or completely different? So I would say that we're fairly, um, fairly contrasting in terms of our styles. I, I wouldn't say that we're different in terms of what we like to to go for. We just kind of have different, we have different ideas of what we, what we think a map should consist of. Um, so like we might both, both be going towards a fantasy thing. Um, but like I mentioned for the two maps that we drew, uh, that we kept switching back and forth, we kept laughing because we would switch back and forth and see what the other person did. And it's just starkly different than what we were going for. Um, because I tend to like to go for a bit of a grittier, you know, tone for my maps. I like to have a bit more drama. So I might have a Kraken out in the sea that's destroying a ship. Um, whereas she has a bunch of happy people throwing a party in one of the villages. <laughs> um, so it's it's a bit of a difference in, in terms of that. So I think one of the times we switched and um, I had just gotten dr- uh, finished drawing a Kraken destroying a ship in, in mine. And she gave me back... Uh, you know, hers, and I looked at it again, and she drew a Kraken too, but her Kraken was hmm. smiling and happy and wasn't destroying <laughs> a ship. So um, it's funny because a lot of the things that we drew, uh, we actually ended up drawing the same things uh, at the same time without realizing it. So we were kind of ironically in sync for a lot of things, but we drew them almost in opposite modes and opposite tones of the story of the map. Um, so both maps are consisting of a lot of weirdly like dark tones and then weirdly happy tones in different areas, but they look very similar in terms of what is actually on the map and how it's structured and all that kind of stuff. So it's funny, you know, we kind of have, we have similar styles, but different perspectives of it, I guess. That's pretty cool. I love that idea where you both see the blank page or you see a map and then you just decide how you put it. And then you end up doing something very similar. It seems like pretty much you spend a lot of time together. You get to know how the other one operates, but you're doing it for yourself, but you just, you're connected, which is fantastic. Yeah, exactly. And when it comes to creating these maps, what would you say is the most stressful part? Definitely the hand cramps. <laughs> mm. um, I I actually have to wear like um, compression gloves because my, my hands cramp a lot and I'm worried about getting arthritis, um, which is not just an issue with map making. That's just an issue with me in general. Uh, because again, I do a lot of writing and I, I prefer handwriting to typing. Um, I, I really love typing and I'll, I'll type out a lot of things, but I prefer handwriting just for the feel of it. Cause I, I really love how paper feels and I love books and all that. Um, 
so because of that and because of the video game stuff and because of typing, I've really jacked up my hands over the years and not just that, but agricultural work definitely doesn't help with that. Um, you know, working with animals and working on operations, your hands are busy a lot. So I definitely have, uh, probably compromised the, the longevity of my hands, but drawing for a really long time with your hands staying in the same position definitely isn't good. And it kind of messes up my fingers. So I have to wear compression gloves so that way my hands don't cramp up too bad and, and then I'm not able to use them for the rest of the day. Um, so that's stressful. One of the other big stresses that I find is, which is, it, it's, it's stressful and it's not. Um, it it kind of creates a fun challenge depending on how you look at it. It's like if you're going for one thing and you start working on it and then you either mess up or you do it and then that doesn't look like how you wanted it to and it kind of just changes the form of it. Um which I say it, it can be a fun challenge because then that challenges you to be creative and turn it into something you know that you like about it, um, which is what I've been trying to do. At first, if I messed up, I would just you know be cursing myself and you know why would I do that all this kind of stuff. Um, now I, I can able I'm able to do that, and if I mess up, I can say okay, well that's you know that wasn't going to be a, a pond, but it's a pond now, you know, <laughs> or like um, th- you know, this Island was supposed to be a, a place for a cool dungeon, but now it's going to be a mountain, you know, like just little mess ups. You have to try to, it's like, you know, it's like Bob Ross said, you know, there's, there, there's no mistakes, only happy accidents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we're the, the ability to see those mistakes as new opportunities to change your story is something that is definitely takes practice and patience. Um, but that is one of the things that used to stress me out that I've gotten pretty good at controlling now. You know what? It's a good challenge as well. You look at it, you're like, okay, how can I adapt to this? And I'm sure every, even professional photographers have gone through that as well. It's like, oh, well, you know what? Cool. You know what? There's a volcano here. <laughs> uh, well, maybe yeah. not a volcano. <laughs> There's a volcano <laughs> in the middle of New York now. Yeah, that, that's normal. <laughs> it might might make it a little bit difficult, but yeah, definitely adaptation is a big part of the big part of the craft. I feel like. And now you did say that. Uh, Hand cramps is something that could be pretty common for you when it comes to writing and due to everything you've experienced in life. I know it takes away from the pen and paper experience, but have you ever considered trying virtual cartography? Basically, you put on a VR headset and you would make like a map where you would walk around and do it from there. I know there's still that hand positioning that could end up cramping your hand, but it was that something that you ever decided to try vr cartography is something that hasn't crossed my mind yet which i i think we've talked about this i i am mm-hmm. pretty involved in in vr communities and that sort of thing mm-hmm. um so that, that might be something that might be worth looking into i have looked into online programs on the computer for map making and i think they're really cool they provide you a lot more well they provide you a lot more resources in the sense that you're able to do things more efficiently um technically you know your brain can provide you more resources than a computer ever can um depending on what you're talking about. But when it comes to map making, you know, your, your creativity is, is the ultimate resource. And, you know, the, the computer almost limits you on what you can do. Um, as long as you, unless you know how to use all the tools properly to make it look how you want to look, but that's a whole other thing. Um, I've considered doing it and I might eventually, if, if, you know, if it's killing my hands too bad, but again, it's one of those things I'm not sure I could do long-term or for a lot of projects just because the whole reason I do it is for that paper feel and to kind of get that, you know, that sense of nostalgia from, from the whole like map making process, which I say nostalgia as if I've done it my whole life, but even though I haven't done it my whole life, I'm one of those people that gets a lot of satisfaction and joy out of things that are very old and, and, you know, kind of have like that 
uh, almost antique feel to them. So like older journals and books and, and old maps and that sort of thing. Uh, so if I can make something that gives me that, that feeling, then I, I like that a lot more than a, a virtual copy. Yeah. You youngins with your computers and your tickety tacks, you know what we have? <laughs> Beans. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what? Exactly. I can also imagine like for your stories, for your cartography, you could also maybe if you find one, a typewriter and just have Ooh, that, like, yeah. that feeling yeah. and it would be even more authentic. I don't know. I'm, I'm d- d- diving so deep into your hobby. <laughs> it's my <laughs> hobby now too. Yeah. No, that's, that's perfectly fine. I'm all for sharing my hobbies. And speaking about sharing your hobbies, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in it? You know, it's, it's one of those things that, like I mentioned, people, uh, kind of shy away from because they might appreciate watching it happen, but they might think, well, you know, I can't do that. Or that's just for people who are making map- maps of the city, or that's just for D and D players. Um, really it, it is such a relaxing activity and you don't need to create a whole story for it. You could just create a map for the sake of creating a map and then you just have a cool thing to look at. Um, I've created maps and given them to my nieces to play with. You know, they have a, like a treasure map to go follow now. Um, so it's, it's one of those things that I would say, just pick it up and do it, which I know that's kind of the cliche with, with hobbies, you know, it's just get started, you know, just hop into it. What are you, you, know, what are you waiting for? Um, but it, it's really one of those things that I think is a lot easier than people think it is. And it's a lot more uh, welcoming to new people than, than people tend to think it is. It doesn't require a ton of skill. It doesn't even require a ton of creativity, honestly, because most of it's done for you when the beans fall, uh, <laughs> from there, it's just kind of what direction you want to take it. Um, so it's, it's something that if you're interested in doing it again, you don't have to have beans. I use small rocks. You could use, you know, pebbles, uh, you can use, um, you know, I use a sugar packet once you could do stuff like that. Um, you typically want to do something that you're able to use renewably though. So you're not constantly <laughs> having to replace all your stuff. Um, but I think that that would be, I think, I think that would be a, a, an easy thing to get past. And once you're past that, everything else is completely on whatever you're able to do out of your own head. So that's the nice thing about it. It's not expensive. It's, it's actually completely free if you have the, if you have the beans already. Um, and it's just you and your thoughts and paper and whatever you're able to pull out of that, out of that pen. No, this might be a really stupid question, but I have to ask what beans are the best beans to use? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew. Um, again, since, since I use, um, since I use rocks, I haven't had a lot of experience with beans myself, but from what I've watched, people use a variety of different beans. I know people who prefer black eyed peas cause they have that kind of weird kidney bean shape to them. Um, kidney beans are also usable. They're just a little bit too big at, for some projects. You typically want a smaller bean, uh, cause it gives you more, um, kind of more freedom in terms of what you could get out of a potential shape. If you have something too big, then it kind of defeats the purpose of, of the beans because it's not small enough to trace to like fine levels of detail. So I would say wh- whatever the smallest bean you could find is, that's not going to roll off your paper. Because that's the other thing is if you get a bean that's too like too spherical, then it might roll away and then you don't get a consistent shape. Um, so I'm not sure what bean that would be. The original video I saw was these little green beans with a black eye on them. I'm not sure what what kind of beans those are they're very very small though and they work like beautifully um so yeah really i would say whatever you can get your hands on but um it doesn't have to be just beans it could be like thumbtacks probably not a good idea to do thumbtacks but just uh, i was staring at the ones on my desk so that's what came to mind anything small that's not going to roll away and that you could trace around you can use that leg hair no don't use it like hair no. <laughs> 
Exactly. So actually another random question based on you say you use rocks. Do you always use the same rocks? Like you have a little pouch for those rocks and you're like, you know what? These rocks have been really good for me. I'm just going to use them over and over again. I do actually. Yeah. So, um, my parents, uh, because I'm, I'm a, a leech and a, and a college student, I'm still living with my parents. Um, my parents have a little kind of like rock, um, not rock garden necessarily, but like they have little like spaces in between their, in their gardens and their backyards that have a bunch of small rocks in them. Uh, my mom told me, why don't you just go out and grab some rocks and use those? And I was like, yeah, I, I could try that out. So, um, I spent about five minutes out there picking out the smallest rocks I could find and just filled a little, um, a little bag with them. Um, not like a Ziploc bag. I have like, um, I have these, for some reason, I have no idea where they came from. I had these little purple like velvet bags that I have to put marbles in because I used to collect marbles. I still have my my whole collection, but I don't I don't collect anymore. But um, I used to have these little purple bags to put my marbles in. So I just threw a bunch of rocks in one of those bags, and that's the bag I use. So if I if it's a large map, then I'll just throw all the rocks out. If it's a smaller map, I'll only throw a few out. Um, it's a lot easier if you have a container than if you just try to throw them out by hand because the container can let you just kind of sprawl them all out. You can just dump them back in right away. It's an easy cleanup kind of thing. I can just imagine you walking with a backpack full of rocks. <laughs> just <laughs> like, yeah. And then you just dump it all on the ground. It's like, this is going to be my map. But that would be a lot <laughs> of rocks. So another random, random, random questions. We talk mm-hmm. about sometimes you use all the rocks or just a handful or a little bit of them or a few mm-hmm. of them. How many rocks do you tend to use? Like, what is the maximum amount? I wouldn't say, I, I guess you wouldn't use like a thousand little rocks. Mm, so my rocks, I, I would say I probably have probably close to 50. Um, they're, like I said, they're pretty small. Maybe, maybe not, maybe not that many, maybe 30 to 40. Um, but depending, like if I'm talking, you know, a small, like scaled down map, kind of like what I'm going to do for the Western map, I'd probably only use 10, maybe 20 for those. Uh, for a larger map, I'd probably use closer to 40 or 50, um, of, you know, these really small rocks. So it, I, I haven't counted them, but just kind of thinking about it in my head and what I've thrown on paper, I think it's probably close to closer to 40 that I, I have. This sounds like it's a good number that works for you. And sometimes smaller parts, you do, you would, you would use less rocks. Yeah. And if I needed to, I could always go, go in the backyard and grab some more. Um, but that's, you know, it, it served me well so far. Your parents are like, why, why you keep on bringing rocks in the house? They're outdoor <laughs> rocks. Leave them outdoor. <laughs> Like I need it's a renewable these. resource. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, renewable. It just come, keeps coming back in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but ask again at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects that you are working on that you would love to share with the listeners? Uh, you know I always do. Um, so I, uh, once again, am the host of Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the world, uh, otherwise known as, well, around the globe, whatever. Um, uh, I messed up my, <laughs> my intro, but, uh, yeah. um, the, also known as the podcast dedicated to connecting people with where their food comes from. Um, and that podcast can be found on all of your podcasting platforms. Um, the cliche anywhere you find podcasts, um, but also on, on all social media sites, I shouldn't say all most of the most popular social media sites, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of which are talk ag to me at talk ag to me, some, you know, some form of that. Um, I think Twitter is talkag underscore to me or something like that. Um, but they're all very easy to find. And if you, I'm constantly posting stuff on there about agriculture and fun, you know, fun stuff that's going on in, in the ag industry and about food in general. If you have any questions or comments, concerns, anything that you would like to know more about where your food comes from, if you want to come on the show or anything like that, feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to have new people on to share my 
my infinite knowledge about random and useless facts with people. And perfect. I'll put that down below so people can go check that out and, you know, learn. Learning is always good. Yeah. Knowledge is power. Yes, exactly. And, you know, you've been on my podcast a while ago, but the last question, you might remember it. Do you have any questions for me about cartography? When are we going to start our map off? Let's do it now. I got a Sharpie. I got a <laughs> Sharpie on my screen. I'm going to throw some gum on my computer screen Perfect. and wherever it lands. You know, actually, you know what's stupid? You know what you could also do? Spaghetti. You know hmm. that whole saying like, oh, your spaghetti's ready when you chuck it on the wall? What if you just yeah. grab a handful of like cooked spaghetti and just chuck it on the wall and then you can make a map out of that? You know, <laughs> it would work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want, I'm not saying I want to try it, but <laughs> I would be curious to see how it would come out. Yeah, actually okay. a random story. Um, this is from my dad when he was in college, he was part of a fraternity and it could have led into a cartography situation, but basically back in the seventies, eighties, around that time, my dad was coming back home to his frat house and he saw these guys cutting out slits out of cardboard oh. boxes. And he's like, what are you guys doing? He's like science experiment. Basically what they did is they're cutting these slits so they can look through it. And what they did is they took a can of beans unopened and put it on the gas stove and just <laughs> lit the gas stove. And of course it blew up and the beans went everywhere, ceiling, <laughs> wall. So that could have been a great cartography, like fee, like experiment or like thing to do. But here's the thing, instead of scraping off the beans, they just painted over it. <laughs> So there's just beans in the wall? <laughs> beans on the wall and ceiling, yeah. That is that is fantastic. Yeah, that's a missed opportunity for a beautiful map. <laughs> it would be abstract art right there. Exactly. I like it, Picasso. Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's inspiration everywhere when it comes yeah. to creating new maps. Now you got yeah. me once again looking around my entire room. The one thing that would be hard to do would be using sand. <laughs> yes, which I... I know people, or well, I don't know people, but I've seen people who do use sand for cartography. Um, I've never tried it. It sounds messy, but it does, it, it is a thing, especially kinetic sand. People like kinetic sand a lot for some reason. You know, you know what you need? You need a microscope for the sand. Mm, yeah. Very, very, very fine pencil, like extremely fine, like surgical razor blade fine. Yeah. Yes, Exactly. So then that begs my, my, my real question for you about mm -hmm. map making and cartography. If you were to make a map, what would you pull from for inspiration? Uh, well, when I was a kid, I used to draw a lot of Pokemon. So like I used to create my own random Pokemon and I used to actually create the maps for them as well. Oh, cool. So I would create a story. So I would pull this inspiration from Pokemon because I love the concept of the whole regions and the different element types. I'm like, I would make like maybe mountains. You'd have more rock Pokemon and fire Pokemon. And then it would be deep blue for, I don't know, water Pokemon and maybe some flying Pokemon that flies over. But I would like create that whole universe. Wow. I like that. Yeah. I, you know, I hadn't even considered that as a possibility. As someone who's an avid Pokemon fan, I I should make a Pokemon region. There's a game I have to show you. It's kind of like, it's an open world, randomly generated. It's kind of like a combination of Minecraft and Pokemon. Is it called Pokemon Wilds? I think so, yeah. I, I, I've been playing that game for the past couple weeks. 
<laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, like you can build your own house and then it's like yeah. the 2D sprites, which is lovely. I love that art style. And it's from like newer Pokemon generations as well. And you can go get eggs, but the eggs are surrounded by the Pokemon. The Pokemon will chase you and kill you. Yes. Yeah, I, I've been hunted down by a few Pokemon for stealing eggs. Um, yeah, that is a fantastic game. I love that game. So I'm guessing you can get some inspiration from that as well when it comes to creating your maps. Oh, yeah. The nice thing about that game is as you walk, the map builds itself around you. So Mm -hmm. you only have access like from the map perspective of areas that you've already visited. So you are encouraged to explore to fill out your map. So as as I'm exploring, I could I can incorporate more pieces of the map that I've generated into a kind of a real world example of that. So that'd be kind of cool. There we go. We're just I am just giving out good or horrible ideas throughout this entire episode. (laughs) That is my job today. (laughs) You know, I I'll. If any, if you ask anyone else around me, they'll say, don't, don't give him any ideas because he'll do it. I'm all for new ideas. I love ideas. Dude, this, this is why we're friends. I am all ideas, whether it's good or bad. I am ideas. <laughs> I, I, I am the same. And I'm also one to take ideas and roll with them. So I, I think that this is, this is why we work out. We are bad influences or good influences on each other. So a exactly. little bit of both. It's bittersweet. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you got to have the yin yang. Yeah. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, Brendan, for coming back on the show, being brave enough to come back and chat with me. You know, it's only a few selected people who are brave enough to do that. If you are one of my previous guests who feel brave, hey, reach out. I know I don't bite. I think I don't bite. No, no, I don't bite. Okay. Yeah. But in the meantime, what you do need to do is go. <laughs> Except for that one time, yeah, I got kicked out of Costco for biting. Yeah, no, bad time. Okay, full disclosure: I did not bite anybody in Costco. Just to be clear, uh, but yeah, in the meantime, while you just picture me biting people in Costco, go check out Brendan's links. I'll put them all down below, so it'll be very easy to find. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail And of course, if you love the podcast and want to be a guest, hey, just you know you reach out you can also support the podcast by leaving reviews um being a patron uh, buying merchandise and i've mentioned this a few times i am working on a board game which brendan has tested out is it brendan approved it is fantastic it is brendan approved it's brendan approved there you go so i am working on it so don't worry it's coming maybe by the time this episode comes out it will be out i can't keep any promises i mean i can't make any promises i can keep promises no i can't either way don't promise yeah there you go (laughs) stop promising Uh, things stop just stop promising promises are (laughs) bad bad things but yeah thank you thank you once again brendan for coming on yeah thanks for having me i really appreciate it so until the next episode make some time for your hobby take care